Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball, a podcast where we chop it up with players and coaches at HU. I'm your host, Ryan Walker. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Chopping Wood. I'm joined here by Coach Alford, who has his team on a two game win streak here, heading into Mount Vernon this weekend on Saturday. Coach, thanks for joining us, uh, joining us again on Chopping Wood. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. Uh, and just to, just to start, I wanted to talk about the seven-game stretch where you guys were challenged with uh, Indiana Wesleyan, and that was that was obviously a tough loss. Your team was in it, um, and then losing at the buzzer, it's never a fun way to lose, especially to a team like that. And then having kind of the, the height of the year so far in a victory over Grace, and then going right back down to end the seven-day stretch to lose to Goshen. How do you... How do you keep your team kind of on track when you have so many highs and so many lows like that um, after a ga- after all those games? Yeah, it's uh, the most challenging part of the job for sure. Um, it's what makes college basketball special. Uh, we only play 30 games, and when you're in a conference like ours, um, every single game is a huge, huge opportunity. Um, every road game is extremely difficult. And so being able to get 18, 19, 20-year-olds focused night in, night out. Right now we're playing every single Tuesday, Saturday. Um, And so that can be really hard. It's quick prep for our Tuesday opponent. You're trying to maximize rest whenever you can while still staying focused, Um, trying to learn through film, learn through each game, um, and just getting the most out of the practice time that you have because it is very limited uh, playing twice a week without any buys in there. And so I think through that whole stretch, I think the main idea uh, was to just focus on one game at a time, take the most of each opportunity, and continue to grow throughout the whole process. And what I thought was most um, exciting for us as a coaching staff was through those first four uh, ranked opponents, I thought we improved as a team every single game. Mm. And from the St. Francis game to the Marion game to Iwu at home where we fell just a bit short, uh, but we had great effort for 40 minutes. And then to to get grace there at the end, I think was big for our guys just to learn about the process, to see where they were at. And that's not an easy stretch. I think St. Francis and Marion may be the two toughest matchups for us just athletically um, in the league. And then obviously Iowa and Grace are not easy matchups by any means, but to have those two games on the road to start uh, were definitely difficult. But I think as a as a staff and as a team, um, I think it's really easy to fall into the white and black of it with wins and losses, and it, you got to try to stay in the gray. Uh, whether you win or lose, try to learn from every game. Um, how can you get better going forward? And I think that was the lesson with the Goshen loss as well, uh, coming off arguably our best win of the season, uh, beating Grace, playing really well, and to have to turn around two days later and play a Goshen team that's much improved. They're playing hard and just fell flat, scored 62 points. Uh, it's the second least we've scored in two years here. Just really played poorly, and it can be hard to flip that switch if you don't show up ready to play, and I didn't think it was due to lack of effort. I just thought we didn't have a great night. And you got to try to find a way to make plays at the end and win. And the ball just didn't bounce our way, and so we fell short. Um, but since then, I've, I've liked how our, our team has responded. I thought we've, we've played extremely well the last two games to get the game at Taylor, uh, to, to get that game, and then Bethel last night. 
um, to make up those two losses that we took earlier in the season when we had a shortened bench. I think that was a big step for our guys. And now we head into the um, – well, we got six games left, last yeah. six games of the season. So um, I think that was, a, that was a big two-game run for us, and now it's still – it's one game at a time. I know it sounds cliche, but it really is. You can't look ahead. Uh, so all of our focus right now is on Mount Vernon on Saturday. Yeah, and you guys take it one game at a time for sure, and it's, it was obviously a tough – a couple games in the stretch, you know, not only with the schedule, but with just a, a couple losses in a row. You know, you want to pick up a couple of those games and especially to cap it off with Indiana Wesley. And that's just not easy for a team to be able to take after Platt Arena was very electric against Indiana Wesleyan. And uh, we played probably some of our best basketball in that game. Um, and then to turn around and then take the next game and still come with the same energy and pull off a win against Grace. What was the energy like? Uh, for a team that just kind of got over the hump um, in defeating Grace, who was a top-10 team at that point? Yeah, I, I think big wins are always they're great for the locker room. Uh, it gives you, gives you energy. It gives you confidence, uh, especially with the young team like we have. But I thought what was most fun with that game was the crowd and the energy in Platt Arena. I thought that was by far the best crowd we've had. It was jam-packed in there. It was a great college basketball game. Uh, getting down 20 to two isn't ideal, but it does make for an entertaining story when you come back and win. I thought the last 34 minutes of that game were some of the best basketball we've played all year. So um, definitely a confidence booster for our guys and obviously a great resume win for us. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, and your team got right back to it after the loss to Goshen. You have uh, two two wins, one on the road to Taylor, and then uh, one at home at Bethel. They seem kind of like not must-win games, but games that um, you really can't afford to lose at this stage um, in the season. What have you liked about your team in this uh, little two-game win streak and, of course, heading into this weekend? Yeah, and I think you could argue they're must-wins, but that's almost every game. Yeah. I mean, you play 30 games and you're in a, co a conference that's highly competitive. Um, but no matter what, win or lose, you just have to keep improving and then find ways to win games down the stretch. Uh, if we're able to do that, I think we're going to achieve what we want to achieve. Um, we're in a league that's going to be fortunate enough to get multiple bids. If we were in a league that was a one-bid, two-bid league, then I do think you have a lot more must-wins. Um, but in this league, if you're fortunate enough to go 500 or right at 500, um, that's a successful conference season. Mm -hmm. uh, not that you don't want to win every game you go into, but I do think it's just extremely challenging. You see everybody drop games um, that they maybe shouldn't have, but that's what makes this conference so much fun. Uh, it's just a grind. Um, so I, I do think that those two had a lot of focus on them. We did feel like we wanted to win those very badly especially because they had beaten us earlier in the season, and you don't want to be swept by anybody. Mm -hmm. um, the one last night with Bethel, we want to take care of home. Uh, we had dropped that one to Iwu, and so that's been a focus of ours. Um, but they were two important games for us and two games that we felt we had a good chance of winning if we played well, and I was very pleased with our effort, um, our attention to detail going into each one. I thought our preparation... Uh, honestly, the entire year has been really good. Our staff does a great job of mm -hmm. scouting, making sure our guys are, are prepared. Ryan and Jared do an awesome job with that. And the guys have been locked in. I think that's really hard to do um, every single game to continue to learn eight, nine, ten players on the other team, going through their top actions, understanding what we're trying to do from an offensive and defensive perspective. But the guys have 
they've really bought in. They've understood the importance of it. I think they feel prepared going into each game, um, and they've been able to execute and listen to what we're trying to do. And if you do that, you can help allow our staff to make adjustments in-game. Um, and I think the effort thing is something that I haven't had to coach much lately. I think they've started to understand how hard you have to play to be good. Um, and so that's, that's a big deal. And I think it'll really help us down the stretch with these tough games as long as we stay with that process. Yeah. Uh, your next few games are against some unranked teams in Mount Vernon and Spring Arbor. And then you cap off um, kind of this little little stretch here of games against uh, St. Francis at home. Do you look as look at these games as kind of an opportunity for you guys to make up some ground um, from early January where we started off with a couple losses in a row? And, of course, no, clearly no game is an easy one in the Crossroads League, and that's not exactly what I'm saying. I guess I'm just looking at it as maybe is this an opportunity for your team to make up some ground. Yeah, I think, again, I think you just have to – you have to try to string together wins. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter who you're playing. I, I know if there's a number next to Indiana Wesleyan, it looks like they're a tough opponent and it's going to be a hard game. And if there's no number next to Spring Arbor, then it may seem like a, an easier game. But to be honest, you have to approach every single game the exact same. Mm -hmm. And if you stick to that and you play that way, um, I think it, it allows you to have a chance to win in every single one. Um, I do like our schedule coming in. I think we've got um, four out of six at home, or four out of three out of five at home to finish. So I do really like that. Yep. Um, we've got a tough game coming up with Mount Vernon, um, who we played really well against earlier in the season, uh, but they're playing at a high level right now. Mm -hmm. um, they've really, they've really played well in the new year. Uh, they just won at Grace, um, and so that's going to be an incredibly tough game. It's our longest travel of the season. Uh, but in conference, every road game, it's very difficult. I think it's important to try to take care of home. No matter who your opponent is, you've got to win home games. And if you can pick some off on the road, I think that really helps you. But um, the actual opponent or the number next to him, I, d I don't think that we look a ton at that. I think every single game is an opportunity. Um, and resume-wise, yes, if you can pick off some of the higher-ranked opponents, it does help you. But more than anything, you're just trying to get wins at this point. Yeah, sure thing. Um, I don't like to look too far ahead into, and I know you don't as a coach, like looking way too far in the future, just focusing on one game at a time as we've kind of looked at here. But um, how much are you uh, thinking about the national tournament and how much do you kind of, uh, kind of know, I guess, where you guys stand as maybe a bubble team right now? Yeah, I, I say that we look at it one game at a time and we do, but I do think that the macro perspective is important to have. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, especially as a staff, uh, we have a very good understanding of what we think we need to do. Um, I think our resume through the non-conference was very good, and now we're just fighting for positioning in league um, and that type of thing. But the most important thing we can do for that is to win games. Um, I think if you continue to do that, you control your own destiny and it takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. um, but I think to this point, I think we've done a lot of good things uh, to reach that goal of making the national tournament. We're fortunate enough to play in the Crossroads League, where I think we're going to get uh, five, six teams into the tournament. We're the only t conference in the country right now with four teams ranked in the top yeah. 25. Uh, it's been that way all season. And I think that we have really high-level teams uh, that are primed to make a run in that national tournament. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a goal of ours, um, our RPI. 
strength of schedule, things like that are all favorable right now. I like where we're at. Um, and we talked to the guys a little bit about it just because I think it's important that they know what they're playing for, um, that they have an idea of it. But we do try to take more of a process-focused approach yeah. rather than a goal-oriented because I think that can just set you up for failure and add added pressure when we're already dealing with a lot of pressure. So I do think it's important. We talk about standings. We talk about um, importance of certain games and that type of thing, what we've done resume-wise. But we try not to harp on it. Uh, we talked the other day. We've got, I think, 36 days now uh, until Selection Thursday it is. Yeah. So it, it sounds like a lot or it can sound like a little, but it does go by extremely quickly. We're going to play a lot of games in that time, and we have plenty of opportunities in this league to pick up big wins. Uh, but you can also go on losing streaks very easily if you don't stay focused. So it's a long season. I know our freshmen are feeling that. I know Lane, um, this is his first go-around with it. Yep. It's a lot different than high school. It's a lot longer season. You start practice earlier, and you play games later, and you play a lot more games. So it's, it's a grind. It's not easy. Uh, but it's what makes it fun, and it, it's what makes um, reaching your goals worth it in the end. Uh, it's just, it's definitely difficult. Yeah, it's just that time of year where it's 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 the most fun time of year, but it's also the most stressful time of year for pretty much the majority of schools, I think. There, so it's, that's the beauty of of basketball is around this time you really start to think about it, and it only builds up from there. So. Um, just enjoy it, of course, as, as uh, Carson and I certainly are, it, game in and game out, just being stressful and excited at the same time. Um, what is one thing that you maybe would like to see uh, more out of your team uh, to try to go on a little run here? Um, is there anything that you've seen that they've improved on that you want to see more of or something that maybe um, we need to do a little bit better? Yeah, I think a big key for us has always been rebounding. Uh, I think our defense has improved a lot from last year, and it's continued to improve throughout the season. Uh, our offense is always going to kind of be our, our bread and butter. We've got really highly skilled players, um, guys that can make shots, but we are the, we're the most efficient offense in transition. And in order to get transition opportunities, you've got to be able to get stops and you've got to be able to finish those stops with rebounds. Um, we do a great job of uh, creating steals, so we are able to do that, but we also have to be able to defensive rebound. And when we do that at a high level, I think it really spurs our offense. And so in games that we've been able to rebound well, I think it's really helped us on both sides of the ball. And so that's always been a focus for us. I think Caleb and Hank, especially the last few games, I think have really improved in that area. You've seen Hank have seven, eight, nine rebounds in a few of these, and mm -hmm. they've had some really tough assignments defensively. Um, and so I think that, that probably would be the one stat that this team needs to focus on and continue to improve on uh, because we take care of the ball so well. We do shoot the ball at a high level. And defensively, we've guarded the three-point line well. I think we're holding teams to 32%. So a lot of things we're doing well. Um, I think rebounding is just one that's always going to be a focus for these guys. Sure thing. Uh, now, I always kind of end on a fun question, um, but this, this one was a little bit tougher uh, to do. I've already asked you something um, in, in Episode 2, and then – Last night came around. This would uh, you'll be hearing this on a Friday. So this was on Tuesday night. Carson and I are getting ready to do an intro with about ten minutes left, and uh, Joanne comes over with someone, and here comes a cookie cake with a cardboard note that uh, your family apparently uh, gifted to us, which is probably one of the coolest things. And I'll speak for Carson on this as well. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. I think is one of the coolest things that has happened while 
we've been broadcasting, and we really appreciated that. How how much did you know about that before uh, it it just kind of came up on Tuesday? Uh, my mom had told me she was sending you guys something. Okay. Uh, I don't know a few weeks back, but you guys have a lot of fans out there. I get plenty of texts and photos of you and Carson. <laughs> Every game. So you guys do a great job. Uh, the whole broadcast team does a really good job. We've got a lot of people tuned in all over the country. So you do an awesome job for the Forrester fans. Hey, we really appreciate that a lot. That is, of, of course, uh, we, we appreciate all that kind of stuff. And um, for those of you who don't know, there's just a cookie cake that said uh, thank you to Carson and Ryan. So we really appreciate that, and it, it really goes a long way. But, um, well, thank you, uh, Coach Alford, for joining the show again, and I wish your team luck this weekend and, of course, on the rest of the season. Appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to our player interview on Chopping Wood. Let's bring in Carson Watkins as we break down Forster basketball. Thank you again, Coach Alford, for the interview. But now we're bringing in Carson Watkins, who, you know, we've had uh, we've had quite the last couple of weeks. But it's really nice to uh, have a couple of victories. You know, we uh, we went to Taylor on Saturday and got the big win. Taylor just ran out of time, and then we go play Bethel on Tuesday (laughs) I'm so sorry Carson there's a little inside joke that I don't know if he wants me to share on the show if you're listening to the radio broadcast uh, you (laughs) found out or if you're at the gym (laughs) yeah or if you're at the gym yeah so um yeah anyways um that's that's up to him if he wants to share but uh, we, uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Why not? So um, we're sitting there, we're doing the radio broadcast, and the very kind people at Taylor, <laughs> the very kind people at Taylor, brought us some stats. That's the nicest thing I think you'll ever hear me say about Taylor. And so, well, they brought water too. That they brought nice. us water. Yeah. That, they were very kind to us. And so they handed us the stats. We're doing our post game show, and there was like a supporting beam of some sort. That, and I decided to lean up against it. I thought I'd look so cool. I was up there in my nice polo and my khaki pants. I was like, I'm going to look so cool given my post-game analysis. I put my arm up, and I knock over a clock, and it shatters on the ground. And um, During the broadcast. During the broadcast, and every, yeah. I was like, i got to finish my analysis. And everyone's just sitting there staring at me, and I'm like, I, I kind of wove them off. I'm like, just stop looking <laughs> at me, please. I'm on the radio for a reason. If I want you to look at me, I'll be on TV. But, yeah, you know. It is what it is. I'm I'm very sorry for that clock. I hope it had a good life. And um, <laughs> <laughs> my apologies to the Taylor um, Athletic Department. Yeah. Um, if you need another one, just shoot me an email. You yeah. have my email. I'll buy you another one. So, uh, yeah, that's why I made the pun. Taylor just ran out of time. And quite literally, you know, we, we come in and take a victory, which was nice. But Carson, Carson wanted a little bit more. The damage wasn't done at that point. So, yeah, we had a... We had a fun trip, to say the least. And then we defeat Bethel, which was yesterday, but you'll be listening to this on a Friday. So, uh, yeah, we defeated them on Tuesday. And that was uh, that was a great victory. That was um, Corey Alford talked about it in um, in the coach's interview here that we just had. It's a win that, that I told him. It's not a must win, but it almost feels like you can't lose the game in a way, if that makes sense. And he said, yeah, they, they are technically must win, quote-unquote, games, but – they're they're not in a way but it just helps at the back end of the schedule when you have tons of ranked teams i mean geez indiana wesleyan and marion and saint francis and grace those games uh you you can you can mess around with a little bit if you lose a couple of them or if you don't do so well games like this against bethel kind of an even opponent in a way 
uh, but getting a win against them and then uh, Taylor and, and games like that, you know, you have you give yourself some room. Yeah, and I think that's one thing. I mean, I don't want to say things were looking terrible, but they weren't looking great there a few weeks ago. We were sitting there at that 0-3 spot after that heartbreaker to Indiana Wesleyan. And it just, you know, we were sitting there in eighth place, only a game ahead of Goshen. And just wasn't where we expected to be at this point in the season. And, you know, we had that COVID break breakout right before the season started, right before the conference season started, and then had to come in, had an eight-game win streak, and then kind of fizzled out there against those three ranked opponents, two of them on the road. But things look bright. The sun is shining on Platte Arena right now in the Huntington basketball program. Yeah. Because they're, they're battling now. They're in that four, five, six range seed that they were expected to be at. And they're playing the best basketball I've seen of them all year. And especially they're playing as a team. They're doing really good. They're dishing the ball around. They're playing great defense. They're getting good looks. And, yeah, just improvements all around, positivity, happiness, all the above. Other words, if I have my thesaurus, I'd say, but I do not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, the de- defensive play. I was really impressed with them against Bethel, a team that averages about 82, 83 points per game, which is good for, I think, top 20 at least in the NAI. This a team that, geez, I mean, scored over 90, I think, in the other game that we played against them at Bethel. And it, it was that was a tough one because it's like, well, geez, we scored a bunch of points, but, man, Bethel just shot lights out. They were getting easy looks, fast break, they're quick, all this kind of stuff. And they they, they just didn't do that this time. They're, Huntington's a little bit more comfortable at home, of course, and any any team is, but Huntington just looked the part. They, they looked a lot more comfortable, and that's why I'm really excited to see them against Marion, St. Francis, here in Platte Arena. Yeah, I think it's one thing I also want to gauge a little bit here down in the stretch is we talked a little bit, I believe, on the podcast about the road struggles, and those were the most pleasant to deal with there at the beginning of the season, having yeah. struggling on the road. But I think they've been galvanized by their just flaming desire to get to this national tournament to the point where they're not going to accept that anymore. They're not going to accept ugly road losses anymore. They're going to keep battling like this. and they keep playing as a team like this, I mean, there's really nobody that they can't go toe-to-toe with and keep close games against because apparently they love those close games. They can't have a yeah. – they, they apparently they don't want to blow anybody out anymore. They, they have to let everyone into the <laughs> games and make it real no, close for their teams. No kidding, man. I, I mean, we said it on the broadcast on Tuesday. We were like – they, I know it's a 10-point game, but Bethel can just come back at any moment. We made, made we made a point of that, and I think off the air, we, I was talking to him, uh, talking to Carson, and I'm like, you just know they're going to come back. You know, it's like, it's not... It's not even a negativity I thing. Know, it's it, not. It wasn't a negativity thing. It was a respect for Bethel thing. It was a respect for their players, and, just and especially how, former yeah. Forester Zach Owens, who just decided to become LeBron James in his prime there in the last two minutes and just make everything from any point on the court. I mean, our largest lead was 15 points, and it ended up being a three-point game. I thought they cut it to two, right? I thought it was 74 to 72 at one point. Uh, I don't know. I was just saying the three-point game at the end. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, yeah. Very, with with the dying seconds of the game. Yes. Yeah. So that was um, that was a little bit, and I know I kind of. Um, made a point earlier this season about their inability. They were struggling a little bit there, especially at the turn of the year, the twenty twenty start of the 2022 season, where I kind of got on the team a little bit for not what I call playing a full 40. 
where they kind of fizzle out. I said, you know, you really can't expect a four, full 40. We got a good 35 last night. <laughs> yeah. We got a great 35 last night. We really did. There was only a couple points where it was like, okay, guys, we got to rally together here. Let's 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 close this game out. I mean, great individual performance. That good line was two rebounds and an assist away from a triple-double. Uh, Caleb with 18 points, a block, three rebounds. Ben Hummerkaus, 10 points. Pulver, 10 points. Sparks, 8 points. Mitchell Wilson, two great charges to <laughs> galvanize the crowd and... Six points and a couple rebounds. The Charger. <laughs> yeah, get your Mitchell Wilson official brand Chargers coming when someone <laughs> actually listens to me for a change. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like this, like what we got off the bench, Lane Sparks took his opportunity to start and has ran with it and very pleased with what he's been doing. And, yeah, like I said, this is this is a very happy podcast today. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see if uh, Payne West will come back on Saturday, but this has been – without Peyton West, who the Foresters are dearly missing right now from the guard play. But Foresters haven't miss a, missed a beat on the defensive or offensive side. And Peyton West is kind of the guy that gets just gets it done for you. You know, he's not going to light up the stat sheet with points every – I mean, every now and then he will. But he just he just does all the dirty work for the Foresters on at least the guard side of play. He's kind of like the Spencer Ballinger in, in a way, uh, just flipping the positions. But when they get him back, you know – they're not going to miss a beat, and I hope they just run with it, you know, and they've got a really good stretch here coming up, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, and I think, you know, wishing Peyton West the best. I miss him quite for, I miss him like, where are you, Peyton West? We need you back out here on the court. So hopefully he can uh, get out of COVID protocols before Saturday. If not, hopefully he's just getting well-rested and he'll be ready to go here down the stretch. I mean, this senior class deserves a trip to the national tournament. You know, I just – they deserve it. They fought hard for the last four years, and they might have another year. Some of them are – contemplating their next steps but I just I want this team to make it to a national tournament for these guys especially the seniors and juniors who have fought through quite a bit in their time here yeah and everybody's got that extra COVID year that's what Carson's referring to with uh, the futures being up in the air you know that for a couple of years the senior classes will have that kind of decision to make every every player gets the extra year so you know what are you going to do with it you know at a smaller school it's a little bit more difficult you know you're not going to be getting the top dollar money or NIL deals, I guess you could say, um, that the NCAA Division One players are getting. But Mitchell Wilson Chargers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're, we got all these ideas for you. Um, but, yeah, they're ben not – Ben Hummerkaus' Salsa Grill yeah, sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, what? yeah, what I'm trying to say is is it's it's tougher for people to stay because they do have to pay for really uh, – it's, it's really pay to play. It's like doing a master's program, you know. I was talking to a uh, to a baseball player the other day um, that was in my senior class, and he was saying, you know, I've I've got to pay to pay to play basically, and you know, I'm not really going to use this master's degree. I don't even think I'm going to finish it. So it's like, you know, you got all these decisions to make, and you know, is it really worth it? You know, some people it is. Some people are like, I I really got to get to life right now. I need to go get a job. So that's a you know, that's that's up to the players and stuff like that, but. You know, either way, you know, we wish them the best of luck or whatever they do. But let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. We got um, an exciting part of the schedule. You know, we started off with uh, with four top 25 teams. Uh, Marion ended up dropping in the rankings, the lowest. They're number 24 now, I believe. And then St. Francis jumps to, I believe, 16. They haven't updated on the on the website there. But Indiana Wesleyan goes to five. And uh, who am I missing here? Grace, they move to in the 15 area. So 
Forrester's had those four teams to deal with all in a row, obviously getting the one to Grace and having a close one to Indiana Wesleyan. But after all that, then you look at, not I wouldn't say a break, but you can at least exhale a little bit at the schedule that you have coming up here. You know, you had the Goshen game, you have the Taylor game, the Bethel game, and then now we have Spring Arbor and Mount Vernon who are both unranked. But as Corey Alford said, and as I was talking a little bit, it's 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 really important to keep your head on straight a little bit, Carson. And, uh, and say this is not clearly with the Goshen game. You can't take any game for granted. Every game is going to be tough. But when you look at it, this is a really good opportunity to – not only go on a winning streak, but have some momentum heading into the St. Francis game, which is at home here. And, you know, they, they looked a little bit out of sorts on the road to St. Francis when we went there earlier in the year. But that was a game that they virtually came back in, and they were down by six at one point. They're going to be more comfortable at home, and if they can pick up that win, that is a huge resume booster to add to the, the win over a receiving vote, Indiana Tech, on the road and the grace game as well and the strength of schedule wins that they had throughout the course of the season in the non-conference and the conference yeah i agree with you 100 i really think that's a huge opportunity and there were still some great performances against st francis i mean goodland had 24 middlesworth had 16 hummer cows with 14 you know this is a really this is a beatable team we've seen it happen before and you know every night in the crossroads league is a new opportunity for these teams and once again goshen game you know, that was a game where not a lot of that was probably one of the biggest upsets of the year in the NAIA or in the Crossroads League so far. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it really Sigh. was. So, <laughs> large exhale. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, b- very good opportunity here for the Foresters, and especially if they can rattle off a win against Mount Vernon and Spring Arbor on top of the last two games, that's a four game win streak going into that. And only one loss in six games, including that win against a top ten team in Grace. Yep. So once once again, big resume booster. And we've talked about how well the Foresters are playing defense down low. And David Age is a threat. No one's gonna take that away from you. He knows what he's doing. He can fly, and he's gonna get up there, and he's gonna slam the ball, and he's going to hit threes, and or he's gonna dish it off the cushion, Barry. And that's another great matchup you're gonna see. Good line versus Cushionberry. Mm-hmm. So all of this is in the Forester's favor if they can pull out a win. You know, you can point to the committee and say, look what we did against Grace. Look what we did against Indiana Wesleyan. We kept them close at home, and maybe if they could pull out a win or even keep it close on the road, both real opportunities, and beat St. Francis, I mean, they'd be in the driver's seat. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned Indiana Wesleyan, and when when you look at some of the analytics and stuff, losing to losing to Indiana, Indiana Wesleyan by two is, I mean, that's about as close of a tie as you can get. Not just losing by two, but a buzzer beater too. You know, it was the la- literally the last thing that happened. Huntington didn't have a last chance. They had .1 seconds to throw it the length of the court and try to tip it in with a seven footer on the other side of the floor. You know, it's it's just not going to happen. So. That's about as close of a tie that you can get. But again, you know, it's 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 not a win. You know, that's 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 something that does hurt a lot. And if the Foresters don't end up making the tournament, that might have been the difference. Was that that last tip in and Carson? Oh my goodness! If that really would be the difference, we would be 
That would be that would be something that we look at back at for a while. But not, let's not focus on that right now. Well, why I did guess. you even put that into existence? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I, oh, I that... like to look back at what what people could have done better throughout the season or something like that. But you know, you've got six or seven games left here. The one against Mount Vernon is very important. Coach Alford actually mentioned something that kind of slipped my own mind a little bit here. Obviously, every game is important, but. Mount Vernon is number five right now, and we're sitting at number six in the Crossroads League. The Crossroads League is the greatest conference in the NAI. Everybody knows it. Uh, just to confirm, there are we are we tied? Yes, we're, we're yes. Three-way tie for fifth. Yes, so, so we're tied there. Go with, ahead with Bethel and Mount Vernon. We're all five and six. Yeah, and we we don't have the nod against Bethel because we split. But Huntington beat Mount Vernon earlier in the year, so a win against Mount Vernon would put them into fifth or tied for fifth in the conference with the tiebreaker over Mount Vernon. So they would seed better than Mount Vernon, at least at that point. And Coach Alford made a great point. He said, if we get that game and it comes down to a couple different teams and they have to pick only one or two and Mount Vernon and Huntington are in there, Huntington with the series win over them and potentially a higher seed, in the Crossroads League tournament and standings, likely they would take us. And that that's a great point. I mean, us two are really kind of big bubble teams here. And Foresters, I mean, they blew them out by like 40 <laughs> when we were here. That was unbelievable. Um, they, they shot really bad. Credit to our defense, but they, they shot really bad as well. That's just not who they are, and they're going to be more comfortable at home. And it's it's been a while since they played each other. So, I expect it to be a very close game. Jeez, yeah, you pull that up, that's a 50-point victory for Huntington. So something that game was just, I think our defense was terrific. They held them to 46 points, man. I, I think they were galvanized after the loss to Taylor and getting out of COVID. I think that might have had something to do with it. I think they were just kind of, yeah. they might have just been a little bit angry with the world and <laughs> took it out on the uh, Jeez, Cougars, 50. the poor, those poor Cougars. 50 but. points. But, yeah, hey, that's, that's something where Mount Vernon wins that game, and all it is is a split, man. It doesn't matter what we did earlier in the year. A split's a split. So yeah, and I think one thing the team is going to uh, stay in a hotel. They're going to be well rested. No, no three and a half hour drive for them on the game day. So I think that's something that might just fact a little tiny factor. Just the guys are going to be well rested. They're going to be ready to go. They can get to the gym at a comfortable time and don't have to wake up at a obscene hour to get to yeah. Mount Vernon on time. So you know, positives all around. Still, I mean, I'm I'm just feeling really optimistic right now, Ryan. This is a this is a very happy podcast. Yeah, I mean, when <laughs> the last couple have been pretty, pretty doom, sour, doom, doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, they've been they've been pretty sour. But um, yeah, I mean, you look at it and it's like, okay, we have a couple wins in a row here. We have a couple more opportunities for a couple wins. And I'll tell you what, if they have a big victory on the road to Mount Vernon. And a win to Spring Arbor. I know we don't like looking way too far ahead, but that's literally all Carson and I do is look ahead. But you got St. Francis at home with a four-game win streak. Yeah, it's it's the train's coming through, and, you know, who's going to stop the Foresters? So, but, you know, if if push comes to shove, they lose those two games, then they've got a lot of ground to make up, and they have opportunities. But you got St. Francis sitting there right after that at Indiana Wesleyan, Marion and then Goshen, and then on the road to Grace. That is, oof. End the season with that, man. That is crazy. That's tough. I, virtu- uh, seriously, if I, if, the, if I see the Foresters win these next two games, I would think if you 
if you go 500 the rest of the way and okay you can't go 500 there's five games but if you if you get two or three wins i i think that probably would suit you into the tournament i believe pending what other teams would do um and potentially maybe just needing the one win to solidify a national tournament but i mean it's getting to that point man where you look at it and it's like we're right here we got it we got to take care of it and i think one thing that's also important to mention kind of um lost to the wins it the rankings only go off of your conference record foresters have gotten a Less than favorable hand. The standings, in, at least. Yes, yes, the standings. Yes, the sta- rankings is all, everybody. Yes, my, stand- my apologies. Yeah, standing is only the conference, yeah. So the Foresters are 16-7. and seven. That's the best record in the bottom five. Indiana Wesleyan is 20-3. and St. Francis is 19-4. and four. Marion's 15-4. and four. And Grace is 18-5. and five. They're right there in overall record. They just, they've had a little bit of a sour conference run. And, you know, kind of like we said, that's everybody. So if you look at some of those wins... And how they've done, I mean, just all real possibilities here. It just everything's in factor right now. I mean, they're really close to being 500 in the conference. They're one game away from that. After that 2022 stretch to begin, going uh, 0-3, and now looking at it, that's that's incredible. They've they've done a great job with that. You know, obviously they had some COVID issues too, losing to Taylor um, early on in the in the in the conference games there with COVID. That was, that was really tough to see, but they're back now. They're obviously almost at full strength here and they've kind of got ahead of steam. So it's, it's going to be really exciting to see what these next few games uh, are. And I mean, every single minute is just so important. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is the greatest time of year. This is the most fun type of time of year, but for programs like us on the bubble, it's the most fun and most stressful time of the year as well. <laughs> it's like, I know I quote him a lot, but it's like what John Ronstein says, we'll, we'll sleep in May. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Carson. Well, hey, do you have anything else to say before we uh, before we end here? Go Foresters. Go Foresters. I, I did have one more thing, actually. The cookie cake, incredible. Amazing. I'm so grateful. I, I, love, I, I love this job. Seriously, I was thinking about that earlier today. Thank I was you. like, man, I'm doing everything that I want to do right now and I'm having a blast. I love this team and you know we get we get support like that. We really appreciate what um everybody um says to us on the court. In case you don't know the offers were so kind to send us through the mail a cookie cake and thanked us. And if I may actually uh, I tweeted it out, but I just want to say it one more time. I, I can't give enough thanks to the FDN Sports crew. Mm-hmm. I know we're at the front of it, and you know we stay in front of the camera, and we talk, and our voices are you know what people associate. But without Dylan Herring, without Matt Fouts, without Miranda Gus, without Joy Heisey, am I who, who else? Can I, Corey Donovan. Corey Donovan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's so there's so many. People, I want to I, yeah. I want to go through and just read off a list, but unfortunately, I can't. And Adam Widener, especially. Yes, absolutely. I love this job, and I couldn't imagine myself doing anything different right now, and I, I'm hoping to make a career out of it, and I'm so grateful. And I, everyone I mentioned, I just can't thank them enough because, yeah, sure, I, I get to go on air and talk, and you know, sometimes we kind of joke about it. You know, If the audio goes down or camera's out, people will go to us and let us know, but when things go right, and those guys don't get a lot of credit back yeah, there, and they, you know, they're running around while we're trying to you know keep the game going. Yep. They're fixing cords, and... 
I'm I'm just so grateful for them because I couldn't do this without them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Alford family giving us a little cookie cake and a little thing. Uh, are you not entertained? Carson and I uh, made a couple of those calls last week uh, or two weeks ago with Indiana Wesleyan and Grace coming to town. And uh, they put that on a little cardboard thing and uh, thanked us for everything we do. And then uh, Coach Alford telling us, you know, we got fans all over the country, which is really cool. Um, and we just really appreciate that. So I just want to take some time. For that, and uh, RIP to half of the cookie already, Carson. <laughs> it, it was negative 10 degrees in Indiana this morning, and I wanted breakfast. I was hungry. So I, I had two pieces last night after dinner. I was still hungry, and I didn't have any. I really didn't want to get out of bed. It was right there. I ate the last two pieces. So what you're saying is anything that that looks like a clock... It's just going to be completely destroyed by Carson Watkins. Anything circular, you've met your doom. I got clocks and uh, cookie cakes. cakes. To be fair, it was a semicircle. Now, do you know why I took you back to my apartment to cut the cookie cake in half to make sure that I got my side? I made sure that you didn't take anymore because it's already gone. I'm an honest man. Because if I if I said, "Hey, I'm gonna come over and get a slice of the cookie cake," I might I may have tried to go in this morning, and you would have said, "Uh, uh, my, the- my my roommate and I uh uh, uh we ate the uh, uh the cake." I'm, I'm not like that. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing around. <laughs> it was the, only a part of the, the reason. Man, the, the viewers at the listeners at home are like, "Man, this Carson's destructive." <laughs> He's it always really, yelling. He really is. Only, only circles, though, so don't bring a basketball near Carson during a game or anything like that. The ref's like, hey, can you check this bob and a deflate it right Yeah, I, exactly. Him. Tom Brady style. So I was just about to say, <laughs> no, I try to be a good guy, but I'm sorry. I, I, I really feel bad about the clock. I really do. It wasn't purposeful. The hey, cookie cake was just it good. Is. It is what it is. Bad, Chopping bad wood, Forrester basketball. Yes, thank you for listening to Chopping Wood. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping Wood with Forrester Basketball. For more on HU Hoops, visit Ryan Walker HU on Twitter and catch more episodes of Chopping Wood every Friday. Thank you for listening. This has been Ryan Walker.